This is the Vent Time with Connie podcast, where we discuss topics that can be controversial or uncontroversial. Topics range from family, faith, lifestyle, you name it. No topic is off limits. New episodes released every Tuesday and Friday. All right, sit back and relax. Here is your host of the show, Connie. everyone welcome to Ventime with Connie podcast welcome to a brand new episode and um yeah if you are new to this podcast thank you so much welcome and I pray you join the Ventime with Connie family and for my loyal listeners thank you so much for taking the time to listen and keep coming back we appreciate your continuous support okay guys remember we do have a website our website name is ventarewithconniepodcast.com make sure you go check it out take your time to look through the website we do have merch product for you to purchase and we have t-shirt we have variety of product please 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 do support us as little as you can and guys do remember that we have the vent to god session if you don't know what this is about this is a bible study session for women only and women from all ages group from all age group and uh, from all race and ethnicity so if you're interested if you're a lady if you're a woman and you're interested please don't hesitate to send us email venta with so we can bring you in so we do this bible session bible study um via zoom okay and uh, we do it bi-weekly every monday um, bi-weekly on mondays at 6 30 p.m central time so if you are free during that time make sure you come in and join us for the time to worship god learn about god and uh, learn how to you know live a godly life because it's very very important okay so this month october is breast cancer awareness month and i cannot let this month run out without shedding without shedding light to brave men and women that have survived cancer and those warriors that are still fighting cancer since this month is dedicated to breast cancer warriors i would love to take this time to encourage anyone going through this or anyone that knows a loved one diagnosed with breast cancer that you are not alone and the bible says in first john 4 4 it says little children you are from god and have overcome them for he who is in you is greater than he who, who is in the world so that cancer god is greater than that cancer and jesus has paid it all and you shall be free in jesus name amen amen sister amen brother Okay, guys, before I start preaching on you guys, we do have a guest today. Our guest today is a cancer survivor and advocate for other cancer warriors to feel encouraged, supported, and go through this very difficult time. I am talking about Jerry Maroney. So let's go ahead and bring her in and enjoy. Hi, Jerry. Welcome to the show. Um, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Thank you for being here. We're so grateful to have you here. So um, where are you um, streaming from? What state? I'm located in um, Colorado. Uh, I, I'm just outside of Denver. Okay, that's good. That's good. So um, I know we were talking before this um, recording that um, there's, a lot, there's a lot of going on in Denver right now. The wildfire. Tell us about that. Yeah, we've had a, a really terrible season with wildfires. We've had sort of all season long 
um, one after another. And, and the really sad part so far is that two of our top like history making fires have occurred in 2020 and we're in the midst of one now that they just are so much trouble getting control over. And then yesterday, another one broke out um, kind of in, in the same general vicinity, but separate from that fire. So we've got two now to, to really fight. So we've got smoky skies and we're, you know, working hard to get to see the sun these days. Yeah. Wow. So you guys have to stay indoors, right? Nobody goes out. Well, they, yeah, well, they recommend um, for you to stay indoors, particularly if you have, you know, breathing or asthma or things like that. But you know, some days are better than others. Some days it really feels like you've stepped into the middle of the fire pit. Um, and then other days it's, it's much better. So we, we pray that our firefighters can, you know, get the weather and the rain and, and everything they need to get this under control. Yes. Yeah. We pray so because this crazy seems like this wildfire thing has been going on a lot this year. And um, uh, on top of what's already going around this year already with the COVID, I don't think people have to deal with this whole wildfire thing. That's a lot. It has been a lot for everyone to to carry this year, that's for sure. Yeah, but God has been our strength and will be you guys' strength too as you guys go through this phase. Yes, thank you. No problem. So, um, Jerry, we are talking about surviving cancer today, and you have experienced cancer firsthand. Let's start from the beginning. What was the first symptom you started experiencing that made you think, maybe I need to get this checked out? Well, uh, good question. And, and I'm the example of, I didn't have a symptom. I, I just went in for my annual mammogram, which is something I encourage all you please make sure that you do on a timely basis. I had done it every year and it was just time for the next one. So my cancer kind of grew and started within that one year period of time. I couldn't uh, feel a lump. My lump was sort of deep inside my chest wall, sort of close to my my chest um, and not kind of traditional, if, if that makes sense. So I went for my mammogram and they, they saw a problem. So they had me go wait in the waiting room. And, you know, we did the mammogram like three times and, and then they took me to another room and ultrasounded it right away and said, you know, yeah, it, it looked like, it looked like cancer. So my annual mammogram, which is something, you know, that for all of us usually takes less than an hour to get in and out of, <laughs> lasted something like four hours wow. and then, uh, and then, you know, quickly kicked off uh, the whole cancer storm. Wow. That's crazy. So you found that yours through your regular um, mammogram and thank you for encouraging others to check that out. And I think there's a certain age people will start doing, is it 35 if I'm not mistaken? I believe it's somewhere around that age. Yeah. 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 Okay. So guys Mm -hmm. do make sure you go check that out. So when you, um, you say your, your, when your last one that you discovered that you had it, it took like four hours, something that usually take less than that. So when the doctor said that, said this phrase, you have cancer, tell me about what was going through your mind and how did that make you feel? Like basically what, you know, how did that make you feel when the doctor told you that? Yeah, as as you kind of lead up to the events of that phrase, I mean, you sort of 
see it coming and you begin to feel a, a whole lot of fear and anxiety. But then, you know, once, once my doctor said, yes, you have cancer, um, it, was, it was really almost like out of a movie. You know, sometimes you see the person standing in the crowd and the crowd is rushing by at, you know, 500 miles an hour and the trains are going and the cars are going and yes. you're standing still. That's what it felt like to me was that I, I like I had gone into this slow motion um, channel <laughs> Yeah. And I couldn't get out. So it just, and then, and then what happens is it kicks off a whole series of events that have to occur pretty quickly. You know, you're, you're diagnosed and then you go do other checkups and MRIs and blood tests and things like that. And for me, the, the other kind of very early added challenge was that um, when I, my doctor, we sat down and we did basically a cancer tree to see who in my family had what cancer. And yeah. as we started pulling all those pieces together, we learned that that I kind of had the unfortunate cocktail, if you will, of a grandmother um, with breast cancer and another grandmother who died of ovarian cancer. And so that combination sort of led us yet down another track of the BRCA testing and things like that um, and brought what felt like more urgency um, to, to solving this, this, my cancer problem. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. So how did that make, you know, okay. So you felt like everything stopped for you. Like basically you feel like you are alone mm -hmm. in this place. Yes. I felt absolutely alone. Like I felt like, again, you know, that everything was rushing by, I felt like I was screaming and talking and raising my hand. Nobody could see me, nobody saw mm -hmm. me. <laughs> it was, so I felt like never in my life have I felt so completely alone. And I think I that's one of the, the very sad and difficult um, outcomes of a cancer diagnosis is that at the end of the day, you, we are alone. And we have, we have, have to reach out to family, friends, God, all those things that, that are there for us every day. Mm -hmm. We have to reach out to them, particularly through this cancer journey. But um, was the only one who could get my head straight and mm -hmm. get my out positive so that I could get through this in, in the most healthy way possible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Like I can't, I can't even imagine how that would made you feel like hearing those phrase you have. That's crazy. But just to be clear, mm -hmm. um, what kind of, what type of cancer were you diagnosed with? I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So, okay. um, you know, thankfully it was, it was just breast cancer. We did more of the testing to make sure that it hadn't spread to, to ovarian or uterine or anything else. Yeah. And it hadn't. And I tested negative for the BRCA gene. So the, those were all good, good outcomes. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Wow. That's good. You mentioned earlier that you have to reach out to families or the people that you have with you already, you know, to help you out in this process. So basically, you t uh, you, uh, is it for me to say that your family and friends, your loved one, help you navigate this dark storm at that phase in your life, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. For me, uh, I was at a stage in my life, I was an empty nester. So my kids were gone. I was divorced. So I lived alone. I was alone. Wow. Okay. Um, so it, it was particular and sort of back up and sidetrack. I have a bit of a type A controlling personality. <laughs> okay. So I didn't like I didn't. I, my family knew that I failed the mammogram. Nobody knew that I was going to the needle biopsy. Nobody knew I had cancer until they made me tell my family I had cancer um, because I, I thought I could do it. Like I thought I, I didn't want particularly to worry my daughters, my children um, yes. with it. But I, but at that very stage early on, I, I learned that was a really bad idea. Like we needed, and I tell in, in my book, I, I tell a chapter about how I learned at that point where that was the wrong strategy. I should have shared everything with everyone from the start because I needed them to lift me up and, and, and pray to God for my courage and my strength on that day when I heard the news, because um, I, I was alone. Wow. You know, I made my own decision wrongly to try and carry that burden alone until that point. Yeah. Wow. Then it became, you know, then it became a very big lesson for me to give it up and to let others um, help me and support me. And, you know, you just have days during that journey where you just don't feel like you can go to the next day. Um, and, you know, there's, there's the obvious impact of the physical aspect of breast cancer. And, my journey led me to a double mastectomy. Um, but then also at the same time, I, I chose to do um, what's called a deep reconstruction where basically they took my stomach fat, <laughs> which I laugh and say, I knew I was keeping that for something. <laughs> so they took, <laughs> they took that and then rebuilt my, my breast. So what that meant was my cancer surgery was a 14 hour surgery. Um, wow. And 14 hours, 14 hours under anesthesia was scaring me more than, than the physical, you know, aspects of what was about to happen. But um, what I also learned along the way is that there were two very strong components to cancer. Um, it, the physical aspect and then the mental health aspect, which when, when you got through all that and you got through the surgery and then I came home to heal, many people were like, okay, you know, kind of pat you on the shoulder. You're good. You survived cancer. You're done now. But really all that I was done with one very important aspect of cancer, but I had a long way to go to get through um, the mental brain. And what I learned was that PTSD is a is a very common outcome, and and not another challenge for cancer warriors. And for me, that PTSD was nearly broke me. Like that that was heavier to get through, um, or at least as heavy to get through as was the physical portion of cancer. Yes, yes. Speaking back about you talking about the mental. Um, part of it, like the PS, the PPSD um, that you have to go through, like, because uh, a lot of people, we talk about the pain, the fear, all those things. But I think we kind of, uh, there's no much attention 
or conversation about okay the rebirth of it or the readjustment the reawakening so tell us about that how did you have to you know go through that journey of you know okay now you have to readjust I have did a double yeah. mastectomy. I have did this. I have gone through 14 hours of surgery. So tell us about that. How did you go through that phase? Yeah, well, in little baby steps, what I learned uh, was that there was no timeline that I could define. I just needed to take one day at a time. And I remember growing up, my mom would say, one day at a time, let's just take it one day at a time and be in that yes. A that I just described I'm like, no, I want this week planned and next week planned and next month planned and, you know, all that. So I learned that none of that was possible, that it really was one step time for me. But you talk about the rebirth and the reawakening. And one thing that, that I do think cancer for is that this forced me to stop my life, reevaluate what was important and rebuild all the way from the foundation. Uh, all the way up to, to what my new life was. And along the way, it, it, it got to be, it was such a gift because there were strangers who came to me along the way, randomly, who would say words I needed to hear on that exact day. Like there was a woman, I had to travel on business. There was a woman at the airport who randomly stood next to me on the plane and told me how, how happy she was to be seeing her daughter after so many years of, you know, the relationship had broke. And so she, you know, she touched my arm and, and said to me, um, don't let anger steal your joy, forgive wow. yourself and forgive others. And that, like I just cried on the train, like those were the words I needed that day. Um, and then in the hospital, when I was in the hospital, I would have, I was in intensive care for five days and I just had a, a particular, I had trouble sleeping, but it seemed like I would wake up around the 2.30 time every morning or night. So I put my headphones on and try to listen to calming music. And one particular night or morning, my night nurse came in and sat next to me. Um, and she said she'd watched this happen to me for three or four days. And she knew that, that I was having real struggle, but that she, that I reminded her of her mom and that her mom died of cancer, uh, that she could tell I had the strength I needed and the courage I needed to get through this. And so it was those kinds of events throughout my whole healing process that really brought me strength and encouragement that I wasn't ever alone. Yes, yes, you're right. I mean, we are not an island. We need each other one way or the other. It's good to be independent, but we also need to realize time to ask for help when needed, yeah. you know. And I know you said that mm -hmm. you had to reach out. You, at first, you were bothered about telling your daughter or your your children about it and your families so when when you did the surgery did you have to live with someone i must you i'm sure you had to live with someone to help care for you i did i i um had a friend um stay with me um okay. for for a period of time until i you know got strong enough to to do it on my own wow yeah well, thank god for those type of friends because we need those type of friends 
And yes, um, we do. Yeah, we do. And um, you, I know you said earlier on that um, you were a type A. You have to learn the hard way to reach out for pe- to people. And um, apart from that lesson, what other lesson, what other important lesson that have you, like you have learned through this experience? Yeah, another really important lesson that I learned is that I have um, way more than a of empathy. Like I, if in through my whole life, if other people around me were hurting, I hurt. Yes. And so I would very often take on not only my problems, but my circle of friends and family's problems to help feel better, make it better, fix it kind of thing. Yes. But I learned, and I had a friend who is a minister tell me along my journey was that that, that had to stop. I had to, I could love and support them, but, but from a distance, not carry their burdens because what the way he explained it to me was that we're all sort of brought to this world um, with, with our own spiritual journey kind of, outlined or defined or however you want to say it but by me like taking on other people's problems I was taking away from them their own spiritual journey with God and whatever was meant for them to learn to be strong and courageous and all those things so as he told that to me it was a a really big light bulb moment because I thought I was just being you know superwoman and helpful but what I was really doing was kind of stepping into their journey and their space. So, so that has helped me a lot um, since then to, to understand where that um, healthy line is for me. Um, so I can still love, cur- encourage, and support without taking from them. Yes, that's such a great point that you um, pointed out there. Um, you allowing people because you know how you want to carry other people's burden because you see that caring loving them and i can i'm sure a lot of us can identify with this and uh, you pointing out something really 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 important about uh when we do that we are basically more of uh, like enabling them or not allowing them to go through their own you know, spiritual journey. Like we have gone through it and then we're able to identify it and try to help people. But you can, you know, point that out to them, but let them go through it. Let them mm-hmm. learn from that, you know. Everybody have their own individual spiritual um, walk or, or spiritual experience, you know. So I'm glad you said that because we need to do that. Stop fixing people. Yeah, stop fixing. Just yeah. Yeah. So those were two, you know, really important ones. And another one that I learned is um I was I, I never let things go, like my history, my past. Like I'd carry this bag of um whatever anger challenges, whatever you want to call it, but I never could I never let it go. And I didn't really realize I was doing that until I came through this process. And and again, another kind of really cool suggestion that that this friend offered me is to um, write down all those worries, right? All those challenges, all those worries, all those, you know, things that, that are hurting you inside. Write them on little slips of paper and then build a bonfire and throw them in because then they're gone. Then you can't, 
you can't put that burden back together. Those words and that that burden is gone. So for I did it. Like I did that all by myself in my wow. backyard with a bonfire and a pile of trees. And it really was um, just a lifting, really cool cleansing metaphor for me to be able to finally let the past stay in the past and 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 move forward yes and that also has to do with you forgiving a lot of people i'm sure yes absolutely that that is absolutely the core of this thing is to forgive both those people and forgive myself like yes. let it finally go yes yeah you're right yeah we have to do that we have to let go of those past those baggage that we keep carrying on throughout to mm-hmm. our present you know we'll never move forward if we keep carrying them someday we'll get feel like our shoulders are heavy like oh my gosh i can't carry this by myself so yeah. we have mm-hmm. to let go it's too much mm-hmm. yeah yep yeah so that was you know the the reawakening and the rebirth for me that cancer gave me was this whole sort of aha time in my life where i could kind of clear those those worries really start new and start with me like another thing that I was never that good at was focusing me I focused on everyone else with you know the empathy I described I focused on what everybody else needed and wanted but uh, through cancer I realized I should have put me in the center of that and then built from there that you know that saying you can't pour from an empty cup is yes yeah we say that for a reason <laughs> yeah we do i think sometimes we say it but we don't actually think about the application of it so yeah yeah, yeah you're right mm-hmm. so i know when you the surgery thing is not um like going through breast cancer the whole treatment so you have to do probably some chemotherapy if it's required surgery and all those things those things cost money so did that the money aspect of it did it burden you at all after the whole thing Actually, I'm glad that you raised that money issue because that's something that absolutely has to be fixed in in our healthcare system. For me personally, um, I had I had a job um, who didn't provide short term disability, so I had insurance. I had good healthcare insurance, but I they didn't. They were a small business, and they didn't provide short term disability. So. For that, you know, eight, twelve, whatever week period of from surgery to recovery, there was going to be no paycheck, and that's a problem. And so I had the good fortune of my my boss at the time, who owned this small business. He stepped up and kept me on the payroll uh, for that healing period. Um, and you know, I I ended up. Like I said, I had a, a decent health insurance, um, but it still, I mean, it still cost me, you know, four figures or whatever um, in, in my out-of-pocket cost. But uh, again, I write a chapter in the book about that financial part is just not something that a cancer person should carry. Like, we have enough to worry about to get through everything you have to do, figuring out how to pay the rent shouldn't be one of them. Yeah. But what I've since learned is that there are, you know, many organizations out there who whose whose work is to provide that sort of crossover um, financial support. So, 
you know, if there are listeners in that space, I would encourage them, you know, reach out to me and I'll help you find them if you, if, if necessary. But I do know that there are organizations who help bridge that gap. Yes, yes. Thank you for mentioning that because I know, like you said, you don't want to be dealing with this fact that you are diagnosed with cancer. You have to go through this whole painful treatment, I'm sure. And now you have to think about the financial part about it and then think about paying your bills because you don't go to work during those times because you have to go through surgery, go through recovery time, all those things that comes with it. They have to also think about, I'm not working. I don't have any income coming in. How am I going to pay for this whole thing, sustain my basic needs? So thank you for pointing at that and also helping those people out that might need your help to find that organization that provide them the financial support. Mm-hmm. Sure thing. Yes. So you mentioned your book earlier on. So and um, in your book, you share some of your experience with cancer. And the book name is called Beautiful Lady. So enlighten us about the book. Yeah, so how the book came about was early on, uh, my doctors told me that journaling was a really good outlet as you made your way through the various you know, steps of cancer. And so I, I really started it that way. And for me, I, as I said, I, was, I had a lot of trouble sleeping. And so I would grab my phone and go to the notes pad on my phone and just whatever was keeping me awake, I would download that, you know, type it and put my phone down and try to go back to sleep. Yeah. So I did this for, you know, a, long, a period of time. And then, and then it really dawned on me that it was laying itself out to be this kind of incredible journey from the sad, the mad, the anger, working through all of that to, in the end, this rebirth and reawakening that we've talked about. So I, I worked to, to put it into a book and it, it is, it is my journey. And then it also includes a number of journaling questions for, for people to to consider at each of these chapters, but then also gives a spiritual reading uh, along the way, because Again, you know, back to leaning on my friends and family, I, I leaned on God a lot to get through, like to please show me something and lead the way. So this book includes um, various spiritual uh, paragraphs in the book as well. Wow. Okay. That's beautiful. So, wow. In your book, I like the way that you incorporated um, questions. So basically you're inviting your readers to also through the, to go through this with you, asking them questions. I'm sure about their own, those that are going through it. I've never seen a book like that. So it's like, a, what kind of, what would you call it? Is it a novel or is it? What would well, you it's it? more of a, it's more of like a memoir um, okay. of my story, but then a journal kind of like, almost a journaling workbook kind of thing. Gotcha. That's, that's nice. That's beautiful. I like that. Cause I've never really seen that Thank before. You. That would help them yeah. a lot. Those that are going through it to feel like they are part of the, the story, part of the, your book too, you know, so when they answer the question, you know, more like application kind of a way. So that's really nice. Yeah, I just felt I, I wanted those behind me to feel um, part of that they weren't alone, that, yes. you know, one in eight women are diagnosed every day. And so there's a lot of people who who have to walk this path. And I just wanted them to know there's a light at the end. So keep going and keep fighting and 
get through those dark days because you'll get to the light. Yes, you're absolutely right. So we are coming to the end of this conversation. I would like you to take a moment to give words of encouragement to cancer warriors out there. What would you like to say to them? I want you to know that you are not alone. And I want you to know that you give yourself the applause and the, the uh, confidence that you need to get through this because you can. You have more inner strength in you than you think you do. And you can do this. Yes. Thank you so much. You can do it, guys. You can do it. Um, so we can go ahead and play a game because I like to play a game with my guests. So to get, today's game will be rapid fire questions. So I'll ask you random questions um, about you so we can get to know you a little bit. Okay. Okay. That's good. Okay. So we're going to start easy, of course. So... Um, what is your last, since it's October, what is your last Halloween costume if you celebrate Halloween? My last Halloween costume was a pirate. A pirate. Oh, wow. You like the movie? What was it? Um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. Do you like the movie? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Okay. What does a person need to be happy? Confidence. Confidence. Wow. Okay. I've never thought about that one. Okay. Okay. Another one is what is the best age? Best age. Mm -hmm. um, 50. 50. Wow. Like right in the middle. I think I've asked someone yeah. that question before. They say 50. It's like right in the middle. For uh, me, yeah. For me, I would say 25. I don't know. Because. <laughs> You well, also, 25 was really cool, but that meant I had a whole lot of stuff to get through yet, right? So that's true. That, I didn't th I didn't think about that part. Okay, you're right. Okay, yeah, 50 seems like a cool, a good age to be in. Okay, what is your favorite car? My favorite car is a yeah. Porsche 911. Wow, Porsche 911. I don't even know what that car is. It's just a little sports car. Oh, it's really? A fun little sports car. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, that's cool. Uh, how often is it healthy to cry? As often as you need. <laughs> yes, that's what I would say too. I feel this sense of relief whenever I cry. Like I feel like mm -hmm. I even gain a little bit more strength. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I feel you more. Clear stronger. the way, right? Yeah. 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 So it's really good. It's important to cry how often as you please. So, um, do you know how to salsa dance? I do not. <laughs> really? Do you know how to dance in general? I know how to. I know how to dance. Yeah, I just don't know how to salsa dance. <laughs> I can pretend. I can make it up. I'm pretty good at winging it. Yeah, I think me too. Too. Yeah. Okay. Another one. Do you believe in love at first sight? I do. You do? Oh, you're one of the romantics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I do believe that too. How many coffee, sorry, how many cups of coffee do you think, do you drink per day? How much do I drink a day? Yes. Um, four cups of coffee. Four cups. Wow. Two in the morning, two at night. 
No, all in the morning. <laughs> like I have to be done. I have to be done drinking coffee by noon, or I won't sleep that night. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, because it keeps you awake. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what do you prefer, giving presents or getting presents? Giving presents for sure. Me too. I think I like both of them, but if I had to prefer, I'd probably giving. Because I love that excitement that when people see their present, how excited they are, it makes me really happy. So I agree. Yeah. Let me find another one. What is what is your favorite type of muffin? Uh chocolate chip. Chocolate chip muffin. Oh, okay. That's good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh another one. How many hours of sleep do you need? I need eight hours. I love to sleep. Me too. Me too. I think as an adult, sometimes that that hours is cut short, especially if you have kids. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay. Another one. Are women complicated? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know who made these questions up, but okay. <laughs> Okay, mm. another one. Uh, what is your ideal outside temperature? 75 degrees. Yes, that's perfect. Or maybe, yeah, mm. 75, highest, lowest, lowest 60, highest 75. Yes, that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what's for dinner tonight? Oh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> um, barbecued spare ribs. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, because very soon we're going to be, we're still in the midday when we are recording, guys. Okay. Another one is, um, let me find. What's your favorite type of tea? My favorite type of tea is um, probably chamomile. Okay. Something calming. I, I drink tea when it's, you know, I, I for a calming effect. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think my favorite will be lemon. Uh, anything with lemon and ginger, count oh. me in. Yeah, it's very yeah. nice. I don't mm. like green tea. It tastes really bad. I don't like it yeah, at all. Yeah, that's, yeah, like grass. <laughs> yeah. So we have come to the end of this. But before I let you go, where can my audience find you? What is your website? Anywhere you want them to get in contact with you. Yes, they can find me on social media. I am on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and then I'm also on LinkedIn under my name, Jerry Maroney. And then my website is gmaroney.com and they can find information there. Oh, okay. And they can also reach you through there, right? Yes, that's right. There is a contact page on the website. They can reach me through there. Okay, awesome. Guys, I will have her website linked to this, um, this, to the description of this episode. So you can go find it there. Just once you're done listening, click description and details so you can read the description and get her link to her website. Well, thank you so much, Jerry, for stopping by. I had so much fun and I learned well, a lot, you know, from you. Yeah. Well, thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you today and thank you for your good work with your podcast thank you thank you so much okay guys we have come to the end of this thank you so much for joining us again once again today i'm so so grateful for all of you guys that are listening 
please, if you are new to this podcast, make sure you come back again. Or for the meantime, make sure you check out the reminder of this, um, check out the previous episode that I have released because we do have tons of episodes, interesting episodes for you to check out. And for my loyal listeners, make sure you come back next week, Tuesday, for another interesting episode. Thank you, guys. Make sure you subscribe to me wherever you're listening right now. Follow us on Spotify and click subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Thank you and may God bless you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Vent Time with Connie podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you listen to podcasts. Please don't forget to like, rate, review, or share this podcast. Do you have any feedback or questions for Connie or any topics you'd like to discuss on the show? Connie loves communicating with our listeners. You can find her on Instagram and Facebook at Vent Time with Connie or send an email to venttimewithconnie at yahoo.com. Until next time, remain blessed.